Now he said, sick'em boy. But what I heard was, chopper sick balls. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm Jake. Welcome to the first episode of the Rotten Potatoes podcast with four friends reviewing movies that you absolutely should have already seen. Uh, today, we're going to be listening, or we're going to talk about Stand By Me, which... I had us all muted for that. <laughs> it's all right. You only need to hear me. <laughs> it's the most important person for sure. Did everyone else, did you guys realize that you were still muted? No. I did. I was waiting for you to unmute me. Uh, That's why I didn't talk. I did. And I did the, I did a little woo and it didn't go anywhere. And I was like, yeah. oh, maybe I'm my mic it. picked it up. Well, I'm Scott. I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. And uh, we're excited to be here with you, Jake. I'm super stoked. I love this movie. Yeah. So, well, uh, What's, uh, uh, I, I kind of want to jump in, uh, like, just, like, to give, for those who don't know this movie, you're crazy, um, but Stand By Me uh, was released in 1986. Uh, it's a Rob Reiner movie. It was actually, um, like, right in the middle of Rob Reiner's, like, heyday kind of a thing, but uh, this was a Stephen King story. I didn't realize that. Or I kind of forgot it until I rewatched it. And I was oh, like, oh, really? This was a Stephen King story. I forgot. It's one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. So, yeah, I'm. Ex- I was excited about that when I first saw that because uh, the past few years have kind of been the first time that I've really been getting into Stephen King, and mm-hmm. so I, I I feel like if I had watched this in your earlier in my life. I would have missed some of those Stephen King Easter eggs, you know, like Castle Rock. Yeah, and, exactly. It, yeah. Or even just like similar, um, like just similar story tropes that he's kind of used. But we can get into that later. What are some other movies that Rob Reiner has directed, uh, though? Other Rob Reiner movies? I don't know. Oh, Rob Reiner. I mean, his biggest one was uh, when Harry met Sally. Mm. You remember the "I'll have what she's having" yeah, it's a good moment? Yeah. yeah. So that was a that was probably Rob Reiner's biggest movie, I'd guess. But on a quick uh, Google search, uh, he also did Spinal Tap, oh. which I forgot. No, he didn't direct. Oh, maybe he did direct Spinal Tap. He was he was the actor in Spinal Tap, Wait, though. He, he directed All in the Family, or he was in All in the Family. He was in All in the Family. He directed every single episode of that show. Uh, he did direct apparently uh, a few good men, which wow. is uh, absolutely stellar. I and love the it. Morgan Freeman classic bucket list. <laughs> he was also Jess's dad on New Girl. He was wow. Jess's dad on New Girl. Mm-hmm. So this is a this is a big uh, a lot of big people were involved in the making of this movie. We also have uh, some pretty uh, stellar cast. Uh, in particular, uh, we have River Phoenix. Uh, rest in peace. R.I.P. Died too young. Michael, uh, Michael Keaton? No, I'm sorry. Who? Nope. Nope. No, why, why? That's not even, what's his name? Talking about 24, know. Jack Bauer. Yeah, oh. Jack Bauer. <laughs> oh, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> I don't know why I said that at all. Kiefer Sutherland is in this movie. Kiefer also, Sutherland's name has been escaping me Jerry, since I watched this movie. Again. Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> Jerry O'Connell. I could not believe that he was so fat and <laughs> like, it just didn't look anything like, like, I think Jerry O'Connell's a good looking man now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. He's gorgeous. I thought he was yeah. good looking then. Well, yeah. I mean, he was cute. <laughs> he was for sure cute, but just he just didn't look cheeks. It, he was, there were hotter kids in that movie. I will say <laughs> than Jerry O'Connell, but at this point he's probably the hottest of all of them out of the four. Yeah. Well, definitely more than river Phoenix. It's true. Oh, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> And then you don't know that. Of course, we we also had Corey Feldman. Uh, yeah, that's right. Also, R.I.P. Right? Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, yeah. There's that's some sort of crazy. stand by me curse. Oh man, maybe. maybe Jerry's next. Jerry, watch out, dude. Jerry, dude. <laughs> 
Run for the hills, bro. Or maybe he like sold his soul to the devil, and that's why the other ones are going. Oh, because they like he, he they took all of, of their beauty. Well, they made fun of him on set so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, that's ironic, though. It's all about. I mean, the movie is essentially kind of about death. It is. That's a, a big theme of the movie. I didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll get into that in the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's jump into our our nominators' feedback. So, Jake, you nominated this movie. Yeah, I mean, I love this movie. I watched it all the time when I was a kid, but I hadn't seen it in years until last week when I rewatched it. But so, what uh, what made you decide to nominate this movie? I was just trying to think about movies that I feel like everybody would have seen that I know Scott probably hadn't seen. <laughs> so you have, Scott, you have not I seen had, this movie. I before. had never seen it before yesterday. I had never seen it before as well. What did you think? Uh, it was fine. That's how I felt too. I yeah. thought it was just so-so. Well, I want to hear why Jake liked yeah, it. Yeah, what, what, what makes this movie special? I mean, I guess it could be nostalgia, but I don't know feel like it's a lot of fun you know good heartwarming like kind of coming of age and i like those kind of movies coming of age are also some of my favorite movies um so i i feel you on that jake uh what uh how would you rank stand by me for you in terms of like favorite movies like does it make your top 10 list it might i don't i never have made a top 10 list because i'm always afraid of being judged uh, uh. for my top 10 <laughs> movies. So I have never done it. Well, but we could. might have to do that. That might have to come up. Yeah. I will all give right. it this. I thought that all the kids did a decent job acting in this movie. Zach's laughing off mic. So he must disagree just because no. Uh, yeah, they did for kid acting. I would like say that they the did half. a good job. It's just, it sounded like you're about to give it a compliment and all the guys. Nice, decent. Decent. Yeah. 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 You guys did decent. I mean, they were above average for child acting. Yeah, they did a good job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were more believable. So uh, I had seen this movie uh, before, um, and uh, obviously Jake nominated it. And so our late bloomers uh, to this movie were Zach and Scott. Yep. So, uh, like, what was your uh, initial reactions? We'll kind of get into a little bit more. We'll, like, go through the story of the movie after this. But what were kind of your guys' initial reactions? I kind of was waiting for the climax and I felt like it never came. Like I, there was no like big moment for me in the movie. I okay. disagree. Okay. Bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was like waiting. I was like, Oh, finally here, like in the standoff, something's going to happen and nothing really happened. All right. what do you think Zach? Um, hmm. So I, I feel like I started the movie actually pretty excited i liked the um like i liked the plot structure mm -hmm. how it was kind of reversing between the main character gordy as an adult kind of reflecting back on his life and i kind of thought that that would be a little bit more of like an ongoing thing and it kind of just wasn't after the first 10 minutes like we kind of just and that's okay but i was i i like non-linear plot structures i yeah. like when movies kind of do that and i was i was kind of expecting this movie to maybe do that and it, it didn't really um but uh i was excited to see stephen king i had also kind of forgotten that it was stephen king and so like i was saying it was exciting to see some of those um <clears throat> like easter eggs like the fact that they live in castle rock uh and i think earlier but they live in castle rock oregon not castle rock maine oh 
I did not even pick up on that. So I, I was assuming like either. this is because that's such a Stephen King thing to kind of return to specific locations in like specific towns. I could be wrong. I I mean I I'm certain that it's Castle Rock, Oregon in the movie, yeah. but I don't know if he wrote cuz this is based on a novella by Stephen King called The Body, and I haven't mm-hmm. read The Body. I haven't either. Uh and so it could be set in Castle Rock, Maine oh, in the book true, and yeah. for whatever reason probably just cheaper production they decided, mm, well, let's do yeah. this in Oregon. I thought it was interesting um by the way, we're going to get into spoilers, right? We have to get into spoilers. Oh, yeah. This movie yeah. came out in 1986. Yeah, there's yeah, no spoilers for movies at this point. But you absolutely should have seen this movie already. <laughs> you also um, saw the episode title. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, um, I thought it was interesting how uh, such a big aspect of this movie, and it was one of the things I liked most about it, was uh, the fact that the main character, Gordy, his older brother, had died in mm-hmm. an accident, right? Well, yeah. I forgot how he died. It was a Jeep accident. Yeah. yeah, in a Jeep accident. And how um, it kind of left his parents almost kind of empty and broken. And, like, they, they had no love left over for Gordy. Um, and, I mean, if any of you have read it or seen the movie It, that's obviously a big part of that story as well. Yeah. Um, and even in one of his short stories, and I don't remember what it's called now, um, but there's another short story by Stephen King where the exact same thing happens. And it was, it was kind of weird to watch this and kind of think like, man, he really loves killing off the main character's sibling and, uh, like having neglectful parents. I wonder, it kind of seemed like they were neglectful even beforehand. Like, yeah, it's true. But, uh, still it's, it's pretty kind of a close thing. Um, it was, almost it almost makes me wonder if like maybe like something like that happened in Stephen, in King's, Stephen life. King's life. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering too. I have a question for you guys. Was this movie supposed to be like the like literal 100% truthful exactly what happened retelling of the story or was it his recollection, like his perception of the story? So it's kind of interesting that you bring that up because uh, the older uh, the older man that we start the movie with and end the movie with uh, in the credits, he's not Gordy. He's he's credited as the writer, and so there's some mm. uh, there's something to be said for maybe that none of this happened, and that this is like all very fictionalized. Huh. Oh, uh, that's a interesting take. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's fun. Yeah, it is kind of fun. But he uh, was looking at that newspaper about Chris getting stabbed. Right? Yeah, and but I I think that like it it stands. Uh, as like that a he possibility that as the writer either he changed things or that he was just inspired by this newspaper article and then wrote a story uh, because all of even Gordy's uh, storytelling it's all very fictional like he's mm-hmm. a uh, he's a fictional storyteller mm-hmm. and uh, and so yeah it, it, I think it's one of those things where it's to me at least I think it's one of those things where Stephen King is not Gordy Stephen King is the writer like, so Stephen King has a tendency to write himself into stories. And I don't think Stephen King is Gordy. I think Stephen King is the writer writing himself as I'm this guy who writes mm. these fictional stories mm. about these people that I really love and really connect to. I always took it as the writer is Gordy because of that one scene when uh, it's, I think it's Gordy who's kind of breaking down about mm. the fact that he feels like his father doesn't love him. And Chris who is River, played by River Phoenix, says something to the extent of like, 
you're a great writer. Like, why don't you write anymore? Or something like that. And so, like, they kind of allude to Gordy being a writer, even yeah. from a young age. They also talk about it in that flashback to his brother being alive at the dinner table. Oh, that's yeah. right. And yeah. his brother's like, Gordy's writing all these stories. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's no. That's true. <clears throat> Gordy's definitely a writer. And on the path to be a writer. And mm-hmm. I think that, like, it's easy to draw that connection to the writer being Gordy. Um, but I, I think it's, like, super meta is what it yeah, is. Yeah, like, uh, For Stephen King, which is kind of him. To get back to what I was, kind of just how I felt about the movie, that was one aspect of it that I liked. Um, but it felt like, I, I feel like if I had watched it for the first time back when it came out, I feel like I would have really liked it. Mm. but it's kind of one of those things where it's like when you, when you've seen the copy before the original yeah. and I feel like I've just seen so much that is kind of in the same vein yeah. as stand by me. So then by the time I saw stand by me, it was just kind of felt like I've seen stuff like this before. Right. You know, like it just, I, I, I understand. What's I get a, it. what's a better version of stand like, by me? I mean, I feel like uh, a lot of times now people kind of take the stand by me type where, you know, it's kind of the coming of age, but these like, rowdy kids that are a little disenfranchised and um you know they curse and they are like kind of crude and they really get into an accurate depiction of how much middle school boys curse (laughs) yeah (laughs) but then like they i mean even stephen king did it himself like it it felt like a tamer version of it you know but then it kind of reminded me of like the stranger things kids or like even i haven't seen it at all you haven't seen it but uh I would not have guessed it was anything like Stand by Me. I, I mean, except for, except like, for a monster, except for yeah, Chompy. except for a clown that's <laughs> trying to kill them. Is Chompy the clown? <laughs> I don't know what Chompy is. The dog, Ch- Chopper, Chopper. Oh, Chopper, Chopper. Yeah, still just don't know listen who to Chopper that is <laughs> the the sick. Balls oh, the sick, the one that sicks sick, the balls, sick yeah. balls, Chopper, um, Chomper, but, uh, Chomper. No, you had it right. Yeah, I thought I had yeah. it right. No, you said Chompy. Oh, you did say Chompy. <laughs> That's right. So you did not have it right. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. I had it right. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's pretty similar. Um, except the only difference is that like in one of them, there's a, a clown that's trying to kill them. It's a big difference. That's, yeah. <laughs> but it's the same type of like characters. Yeah. If and, you see what I mean. And I would say that most of it is not about the monster. Most of it is about the kids. Yeah. Like the monsters more of like a, like a plot device than he is like, yeah. a, a like a main point of the movie. But it, regardless of, of that, it, it just kind of felt like it was like, yeah, I've seen enough like this. Even the Sandlot, it kind of reminded me a lot of like the Sandlot. Great mm-hmm. movie. Um, yeah, and it's good. That's it, not a knock to the movie itself. It just it was a knock to me watching it at this point in my life, this far removed. And it felt like there was a lot of movie talk. And I feel like movie talk was a little bit more common, like, I guess back then. Um, when did the movie? In the 80s, right? 80s. 86. Like, I just oh. kept thinking to myself, it's like, okay, like, I don't feel like kids are going to be having this, like these emotional breakthroughs together and maybe I'm wrong, but it just felt like it just kind of took me out of the movie. It kind of felt like it was like, this is for the audience. This isn't really genuine. Mm. Should we maybe, have we mentioned what the whole movie is about yet? Not really. Uh, Jake hit us. Uh, So I guess it's the, is the story of these kids that are about to go into middle school and they hear of a body that was found of a kid or I guess they hear, yeah, they hear they're, they're, Older brothers, one of them had found the body of this kid that went missing mm-hmm. that I guess got hit by a, by a train 
and they are going to go out and they're going to find this body and they're going to get famous and get on the news. That's their plan. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, their older brother's gang of really bad, really cool kids. <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't think that, uh, you know, smoking could ever look so cool as when uh, <laughs> when we see Kiefer Sutherland doing it. I thought uh, you were going to forget his say, name again. No, I almost did. <laughs> I thought um, Kiefer Sutherland was by far the best part of the movie. Yeah. Oh, like I'm I got, you, I he got redefined to a, cool. Uh, you yeah, redefined cool. You know, I mean, he was a jerk. He was no. kind of a douchebag, but I think he was the hero. <laughs> I mean, he was by far my favorite. Like, there, it got to a point where I was kind of like half watching, browsing my phone, and every time I heard Kiefer talk, I put my phone down. <laughs> I started watching. Like, it's about to get good. I kind of, I kind of wish that he had stabbed Chris. I was hoping for either something like that or that he got shot. But also, part of me was kind of like, oh, that. I feel like that would have been good if he had shot Kiefer. I feel yeah. like that would have been way too, too much. Yeah, but it was especially also, for Gordy. It would have, like, for Gordy to have shot uh, Kiefer. Uh, like that would have been such a huge departure from his character. Like yeah. we just had this moment of him really finding his identity, like Chris giving him his identity back. Um, and this emotional moment of my dad hates me and Chris saying he just doesn't know you. Mm. And, uh, so Gordy has always been very like sweet and, uh, and small. And this was his big moment of like standing up for his friend who's always stood up for him. And so to then shoot a guy, I feel like, and now like now Gordy's like going away for murder and (laughs) it just would have made it. The other guy had a knife to his throat. He probably could have got off on (laughs) self-defense. I mean, he was standing about 15 feet away from him with a knife. (laughs) At that point, after, yeah, after the 20 minute long dialogue between the two of them, it just would have, it it wouldn't have made sense to the movie, but it just would have made it more subjectively entertaining to me. Yeah. To see. He should have just shot him as soon as the knife came to the guy's throat, (laughs) to Chris's throat. That's instead of shooting the air, he should have just shot Kiefer. Oh, well, anyway, in that kid did, shoot Kiefer Sutherland while he's on his friend, you know? Yeah, and then we would have never had 24. Yeah. Oh. Think about that. <laughs> is this a, pre- uh, is, a prequel to 24? I think this it is. is a prequel to wow. 24. It, it was, was really that moment Did that made Stephen him think, King write 24? It's, it's also a prequel to Without a Paddle. Yeah, I haven't mm. seen that movie. Mm. Yeah, it's after Chris dies, then they all get together and go do a boat trip. Mm-hmm. Which also takes place in Oregon. Yeah, and they, it was, what's his name's treasure? Uh, D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper. Yeah. One-eyed I can't Willie? believe you guys have not seen Without a Paddle. Without a Paddle. Neither of you guys have? Not, I've not seen it. Oh, uh, we'll have to put that on the put list. Put it on the list. It's a great comedy. Mm. It's a fun time. We'll see. Yeah, and Shaggy's in it. Yeah. Shaggy? Shaggy? Yeah. The rapper? Scooby-Doo. Oh. oh. And Dax Shepard. And Dax Shepard. And Dax Shepard, yeah. yeah. And uh, our, our little friend. Seth Green. Seth Green. Oh, I thought you were talking about Scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Scrappy was in it. Uh, just as scrappy do as scrappy yeah do. as scrappy uh so anyway jake we kind of derailed you were giving us the the, the overarching plot, yeah. plot oh yeah and so it, it it's cutting back and forth between their you know this gang hunting down or deciding to hunt down the body and they have a car and so yeah. they they can go way faster and way better uh so they had like a three-day head start, and they still got there at the same time. Um, <laughs> they left way later, though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Because so like they, they were doing cool guy stuff for a while. Yeah, well, they were, like, they were carving snakes like playing their chicken arms. with semi-trucks. Yeah, yeah. like, do you think they regret that those scars now when they carved this, the cobra or whatever it was into their arm? <laughs> no, do you I think th- any of them lived to regret it? No, none of them <laughs> lived to regret it. Except Jack Bauer. <laughs> Jack, Jack Bauer. Bauer, yeah. But he was too busy being cool. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they... The kids finally find the body at the same time that 
the this gang of the older bad kids find the body and then there's this standoff and you have but, such an interesting interpretation of the plot. <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm just given the facts. Well, and it, like you're kind <laughs> of describing this as like the whole movie's leading, but that movie, like Scott was right. That was like three minutes of the movie, and then it's just kind of done. So yeah. here's well, uh, here's the thing, and I'm, I was talking very much about the same stuff that Jake was just talking about, but most of the actual movie and why it's supposed to be a good movie is all the stuff going on with Gordy on interior his interior world. Like, yeah, that's the stuff that makes it like the impactful movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why that was the that was the kind of dig that I was making about like you have such an interesting interpretation. Like I, I probably would have started it with like there's this kid whose older brother died and his <laughs> parents were very abusive and like which was interesting that it was John down that. Cusack as I, the older brother. Yeah, when he was also in another Stephen King adaption, fourteen oh eight. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, interesting little crossover. I've there. never seen that. Uh, you would like it. Oh, is it a horror? Movie? It's very. Yeah. It's very horror. I don't like scary Anyways, movies. Anyways, I feel like I was we were just talking about stuff from the movie, <laughs> about these scenes, and I was like, well, I don't think that people understand, like, I mean, they probably understand the setting because they've probably seen the movie, but, you know. Well, but yeah, um, but but the, the the plot, though. I was leaving it to all of us to describe oh, the rest of it. Oh, okay. Mm. No, that's great. That's great. So you were giving us more setting than, than plot. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I think the reason why I felt the way I felt is because I agree with Zach. Some of it was just unbelievable for me. Mm. Uh, in that setting and so this thing that's supposed to be the most impactful part of the movie just wasn't impactful for me so i took it as just kind of the scenes yeah. summation of the scenes and i'm like okay it's kind of anticlimactic it felt a little forced yeah yeah uh i'm gonna i'm gonna call okay bloomer on you guys that's fine uh that's fair <laughs> i mean it is w- well known i guess and a lot of people really like it so we're probably wrong There's so, a, i'm gonna i'm gonna defend it for a moment yeah go for it i'm gonna defend it um, I, I love, I mean, certainly I will give you, and I agree with you that, uh, there are elements of it where it's like, man, would a, uh, 12, 13 year old couple of kids, um, be having these really big emotional breakdowns? Um, and, and I would say that maybe, especially now, probably not so much. Uh, this is set in the fifties, um, maybe more than, uh, and so, but more than that for me, uh, I always love stories because they give me a window, not necessarily into what is, but what can be. Um, and I feel like this movie, uh, just gives me so much hope, uh, for preteens. Uh, I certainly would have been better off having friends like these when I was going into middle school. I didn't. Um, and, uh, Scott and Zach are tenderly holding hands while while I talk. We about feel this. attacked. Yeah, <laughs> we're, 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 we're holding each other. Oh, we feel attacked. Uh, so for me, your uh, hands are cold, by the way. Sorry, I'm a little clammy. <laughs> Uh, so for me, I, I love this movie. Um, I, I do, I am a sucker for, uh, coming of age stories. Uh, and I feel like this is one of the better coming of age stories out there. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. I mean, I would watch it again. There were entertaining parts. I really liked the kid with glasses. What was his name? Oh, I hated him. Oh, he was one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. Corey Feldman. Yeah, Corey Feldman. Right. But it was, uh, it was. Uh, uh, I keep wanting to say Lachance, but that's Gordy's last name because he always went by his last name. Uh, Teddy, Teddy. I don't know. Yeah, I think the kid with Teddy. mental issues. Yeah. yeah, he had some serious issues going on. He was just entertaining. He reminded me of some of the more uh, 
without saying names, some of the more characteristic kids from high school. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. Well, now I have to guess. And yeah. <laughs> he was just, uh, yeah, he, I, I think the movie would have been not nearly as good without him. Yeah, uh, I, I like him a lot. Uh, my favorite character, though, uh, I like Gordy a ton, but my favorite character is Chris. Um, and I think I connect a lot with Chris, uh, not necessarily like the, his upbringing or how he perceives his future. Um, but his commitment to Gordy, like his loyalty to Gordy, uh, like when they're all, uh, after the, the, the leech scene, when they go in the, in the, like the swamp and they come out and they have leeches all over and Gordy finds one on his junk and pulls it off and passes out. Uh, and they're kind of teasing Gordy and uh, Chris comes in, like just always comes in and is like holding them back uh, and defending Gordy. And then of course the two big moments that they each have um, of just really hearing, seeing each other, uh, affirming each other and, and, and multiple times uh, Chris just giving Gordy his identity back. I think it's just so like, man, makes me want to be that kind of a friend. Yeah, I think I like Teddy because he had issues, but he had no clue what his issues were. Yeah. Like, he was fiercely defendant of his dad who abused him and, like, stuck his ear to a stove. Right. Um, and he, like, struggled to understand, I think, himself, like, why he was so defensive of his dad. And they and he had, like, a lot of pride over his dad, too. His, his dad was in the military. And so, I don't know, I just felt like his character was more believable than the others, than the two, I would say, main characters out of the four. Mm. That is one thing that I did enjoy about this movie too um and i feel like that's kind of a attributed i attributed that at least to stephen king in that um he never has a shallow character you know all of his characters even like especially when you're reading his his books um even the most like kind of inconsequential character has some backstory has some interesting like aspect to him and and i felt like i could kind of see like glimmers of that while watching this it was like i it, it did like I do still want to read the novella now. Um yeah. because in one I I rarely like Stephen King adaptions. Um but uh I, I could tell um that there's probably so much more room um to expound on some of these characters in the book. And I'm excited to hear a little bit more about Teddy and his relationship with his dad when I eventually read it. But uh I feel like they did in this movie. That's not a knock to the movie. I feel like they were able to include that in a way that felt organic to the movie because you can't waste way too much time in a movie developing these characters. Um, but you could kind of see those glimpses, how like these aren't just like sterile, shallow characters, just in it's all about Gordy and he's the only deep one. Like each character mm-hmm. kind of had some depth to them and that was cool to see. How do you feel about Shawshank? Wasn't that a Stephen King adaptation? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's one good. of my favorite movies, I think. It's in my top 10. Yeah, it's, it's, it's up there for me. It's fine for me. How come okay. Vern isn't like, anybody's favorite character? He's you the sh- most shallow one, I think. Yeah, yeah, he is the most shallow one. Just great entertainment. He was, I I've never him. heard anybody sin- say sincerely that much in my entire life. Sincerely. What's, uh, The Green Mile is another. That is a Stephen King adaptation. The yeah. Green Mile always, I feel like that and the Shawshank are very similar. And I prefer the Green Mile. I have not way seen way more Green than Mile. you've never seen. The, oh, that's for sure going to be. Yeah, on that's a really good one. Yeah. I like that. Super I'll watch that one over Shawshank. Tom any Hanks day is of the one week. of the best. Oh, I love Tom Hanks. Yeah, and that's one of his best. And um, what, what's the main guy's name? Not Toy Story. Ving. Not Toy Story. Something? It's not Ving Rhames. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
He's in the Green Mile, I believe. No, it's the same guy that's in Armageddon. Yeah, isn't that? That's not Ving Oh, Rames. so I'm just thinking no. of a completely different actor. Ving Rhames is the guy in Mission Impossible. He's <laughs> Luther in Mission Impossible. Yeah, but the same guy is, is in Armageddon. Is in Armageddon. Is in, yeah. Which, which is an upcoming episode. very soon. Upcoming episode. Uh so Jake, what uh like uh, what's your favorite since you were the nominator? What's your favorite like scene in this movie? What's your favorite moment? I love the scene where all the kids are sitting around the campfire oh, just yeah. talking and answering life's important questions. There was know? a great line, a really good line. What the hell is goofy? Is that yeah. what you meant? No, but I mean that was a good line too. That was a kind of it, I mean that did remind me of just like the random conversations that you'd get into yeah. as a kid and the random conversations that still come up when you get together with your childhood friends yeah. even as adults. Yeah. But no, the line I think the narrator says it. He says, you know, like we stayed up all night talking about talk that seems important until you discover girls. Yeah. That was a great line. It was because I remember like I really liked that. Once you get to that point, it's like then I remember as a kid, we only talked about girls from that point on. Yeah. But before that, we talked about, you know, what is goofy, you know? I also loved in that, I don't know if it's included in that scene or you'd consider it, but the story that they have him tell. Oh, yeah. I love that. That was so weird. (laughs) Oh, I love that part. And just like the little. I don't think I disliked it, but. I'm Which part? I'm still. When he tells tells the story story. about Lardass and the pie eating contest. That's, and I he throws up over I, the whole time. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that scene. <laughs> Lardass. And here's and this is gonna be the funniest reason why I didn't like that scene. All the people that didn't eat pie were throwing up pie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Like why was the crowd like their their throw up should have been not blueberry? Well, they're at a uh, pie festival. Maybe Presumably they, were they pie. had pie mm, at some before point. the pie eating contest. Got it. Yeah. So those, those dumb little details. Like what eleven year old kid is sitting there thinking about this kid is fat. Not because he overeats, but because of his glands. Right. I, <laughs> I love that that little detail. Like, it's because of his glands. You know? <laughs> it uh, it does. Uh, I think it like obviously this is Stephen King writing the story, but uh, it, it shows an impressive uh, storytelling ability by Gordy. Like I think he is a good. I did think it was interesting. I guess if you really want to get deep with it, how uh, in this retelling of this you know, poor fat kid, how, uh, how abusive all the adults in that town were. Like they were so cruel. And I was like, geez, these are terrible adults. I guess if you really want to dissect it, it's like, they never even said his real name, right? No, I don't think so. (laughs) I think that's just what they call him the entire movie. No, no, they do say his name. name. Gordy gives him a name, but, but But it's like, that has to say something about the adults that live in Castle Rock. If that's Gordy's idea of what adults are, that adults Mm. would be this cruel to this poor well, his idea of Dolter is mom who yeah. clearly hears him and just exactly. ignores him. Like, well, and not just that, but I mean, look at all these other kids. So we have Teddy. His dad is a wreck. abusive. Yeah, yep. uh, we Chris's have Chris's dad's also abusive. Yeah, Chris's dad. Chris, it, like one of the first lines in the movie is Chris says, "Maybe I won't be able to." Uh, he's on a real mean streak. He's drinking a lot again. And so it's like all these kids. What really binds them together is that they're all that each other has. So what about Vern? We don't hear much about his parents. Well, we hear one little thing. It's uh, Vern's, like Vern uh, goes to like hide his life savings, basically. And he made a treasure map. He made a treasure map, and his mom carelessly throws it away. So he spends the whole summer digging underneath the crawl space to find his jar of pennies. I feel like he's very forgetful. Like I would, I would just remember. 
at least around where I buried it. Sure. Well, that wouldn't be as funny. Yeah, it wouldn't. <laughs> All right. Like he literally he had would, holes across the entire crawl He would space. never would have <laughs> he heard his brother. remember if it was near an edge, if it was in the middle, <laughs> what sector of the crawl space it was in. Like there was literally just holes everywhere. And it looked like he dug about just every single part. Why is the house still standing? He like dug through the foundation. <laughs> it was like that movie Holes. You know? It was like <laughs> yeah, holes. But it was just under a house. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, Zach, what was your uh, favorite part of the movie? Uh, favorite part? Any scene with Kiefer Sutherland, really. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. I just really like him as an actor. I feel like he nails that role. All those other, like, bully kids. And I know Kiefer's supposed to be, like, the probably most screwed up one out of all of them. Yeah. Or, like, the most intense one. But the rest of them are just, like, this is how, like, anyone would write, like, a stereotypical, like, 50s bully. But Kiefer seemed like, like, I'm excited to read about that character in the book. Which, that's kind of Stephen King's thing, right? Is, I mean, his villains are some of his most interesting characters to For read sure. about. Yeah. It's because there's a villain in all of us. And Kiefer, except Vern. Except, except Vern. for Vern. He's yeah, pure. Perfect. He was the straight man for sure. Like, mm. he was just, you know, static and, you know, dependable. But, uh, yeah, I feel like there, was, there honestly was not, like, a scene in this movie where I was just like, wow, I really liked that. It just felt like a lot of, like, this is this is pretty good. You didn't love watching them, like, outrun that train? No. Really? I was impressed by how fast these kids are. Yeah, I mean, there was one scene where it's just it was literally right behind them. And then the next scene, it's like, it's a little bit further back. Um, and <laughs> yeah. Vern's crawling for most of it. <laughs> like, that's impressive. Like, they didn't spend any time, like, Dang, like you can crawl really fast, Fern. Like that <laughs> should have been. <laughs> you should be the villain in a horror film. <laughs> can out crawl a train. I need to see how fast he walks. I wonder if he could crawl out of a TV. But I maybe eat... Vern grows up to become it. The ring. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he grows up to be the ring. <laughs> Samara, or whatever her name is. I don't remember. Uh, no, from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> The one ring to the rule one them all. To rule. Yeah, he became a ring because he crawled too fast and he just turned into a circle. Uh, um, don't don't so don't question the math on that. <laughs> no, uh, I I thought that I had heard that like one of the kids dies in this, so I thought that they were gonna die right then. I was like, oh, no, just that a kid is a kid dead. To die. Yeah, well, already at the beginning, right? And and one of the kind of paramount points of the story is that Chris dies. See, yeah, that's what, prob- that must have been what I What heard. I thought was going to happen was uh, the author starts talking about how the, he's recalling the first time he saw a dead body. And then... You just expect it to be Vern's body. Well, and then they're like, okay, now we're setting off on a... We're, <laughs> we're setting off on like a trip to go find this dead body. But I thought they were either gonna, not going to find it and someone was going to die and that was the body that he first saw dead. Mm. Um, like as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, it's going to be one of his friends. It's going to be the first body that he found. And that it just didn't happen. Probably would have been better. Yeah. Where are you at, Stephen King? <laughs> Can we at him? Because that would have been like a cool twist, podcast? right? He's for sure going to listen. Yeah. What Stephen else King he listens to, to all of our podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Also, like there's no chance that uh, people have not talked about this movie before. I think Stephen King has been waiting for someone to for talk someone about someone to give him some me. feedback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. Especially someone who has not read his actual source material. Yeah. That's <laughs> irrelevant. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing I know about Stephen King and it's that he has loved his books being adapted into movies. <laughs> he's it. like i love it when the details i think are super important are cut out he actually i doesn't he kind of 
I feel like he approves a lot of them. He approves them, but then he comes just, out after the fact. He's like, them. actually, it was terrible. Like, he just he, wanted the paycheck. The one he hates the most is the best one. The Shining. The Shining. Yeah, he hates The Shining, <laughs> the movie. Yeah, I can't believe that he... I love The Shining. It's, yeah. But so have any of us read the book? No. no. Maybe the book's a lot better. It's so thick. I'm just never going to do it. Two Cs. The thicker, Dummy the better, thick. in my Dummy opinion. Thick, yeah. I think my favorite scene from the movie was, uh, was the train dodge for Teddy. <laughs> like I felt like that was the most realistic response to his childhood trauma. Like he didn't, he was just kind of doing something that was more daring and was trying to kind of prove to himself what he was capable of. And yeah, like I felt like that was a more natural response rather than the, the breakthrough scene that Chris and, and Gordy have together. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my favorite scene. I, I get that. I think uh, it was, I agree. It's a very, uh, on brand for Teddy, it's also very telling of of his character. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it gives a lot of insight into him. Um, I think my favorite scene though is probably, uh, I think my favorite scene is probably when uh, Chris breaks down. Uh, so they're at, it's they're at the campfire and uh, and really most of the movie we have uh, you know Gordy standing up, or Chris standing up for Gordy or Chris giving Gordy his identity back, um, which I think is incredibly powerful. Um, but when uh, Chris really just is vulnerable, uh, because here's the tough guy, you know, the strong man uh, of the group, and uh, he's vulnerable about how he feels so hopeless that he's never going to have uh, a chance at life. Um, you know, he stole the milk money and, you know, tried to give it back, tried to do the right thing. And even in trying to do the right thing was thwarted. Um, that's another terrible adult. Like, oh, there's yeah. not a good adult in this whole movie. And I didn't think about that until we started talking about this. Yeah. Not a single good adult. Uh, and I like the junkyard guy. He is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's all right. Uh, but got a cool dog. Yeah. I just, I, I love Chompy, that. Chompy. <laughs> I love Sorry. that moment. No, it's okay. I love that moment uh, of of someone someone who has made a brand off of being tough and strong, uh, being vulnerable. It was just a really powerful moment for me. But all right, well, uh, let's uh, let's let's give this movie a rotten potatoes score. Uh, so how we're going to do this is uh, we're all going to give this a uh, rating out of ten. Uh, so sort of take all things into consideration, uh, plot, uh, you know, dialogue, music, uh, cinematography, uh, a lot of the are movies. Are we taking like the year it came out into uh, as a factor or like, are we comparing it to like movies today? No, I, I would. I any would, movie, I think. I would take it into, oh. No, you think? Take it into account? I, I, I mean. keep it subjective. I mean, I guess take it into account in that like. Like cinematography is not as good, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, the so I'm technology like comparing it to like what they had available. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say so. I would say movies. It definitely changes my rating. Yeah, I would say movies that are within 20 years of that movie, plus or minus, you know. Okay. Maybe 10. Technology is moving pretty fast these days. Yeah. Maybe 10 years, plus or minus. Uh, give it a score out of 10, and we'll total it up and uh, come up with our uh, patented. Uh, rotten Tomatoes, uh, or I'm sorry, gosh dang it, Rotten Potatoes <laughs> score. They're on to us now. <laughs> <laughs> they know what we're doing. Jake, what about you? Uh, I'll give it like eight 
train dodges out of 10. <laughs> like, like, like eggs cracked directly into your mouth. Like lard ass does. Eight, I was super eight impressed. Eight bottles of castor oil drink <laughs> yeah. in one, uh, in one drink. In one drink. Zach? I give it six chompies. <laughs> chompies is my thing. I was going to do chompies. Gosh, you should have been there first. I should have. I should have. I'm also giving it six chompies. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it, uh, eight unbelievable, tearful, emotional childhood breakthroughs. So I think our score is going to be a seven. So, uh, putting this through our very elaborate rotten potatoes, uh, scoring system, it's going to take a second to tabulate. Uh, this, uh, movie comes out to a 70% on, uh, rotten potatoes. Yeah, seven out of 10. It's not bad. 70% on That's rotten not sputting yet. You fresh. Know, or whatever. It? Sprouting. I- can I change mine to 5.5 and make it complicated? You may not no. anymore. <laughs> you may not. If you say one thing and even if it's a mistake, that's your score. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's your, yeah. It's like if final. I accidentally even go out of the range, like if I say 50. That's it. <laughs> that's that's your score. Cool. I'll All take right. that into account for the next episode. Well, that was Stand By Me. Uh, I'm so excited that we're getting, we're getting to do this together, guys. So uh, I'll be really excited when we start watching good movies. Oh, God. So you're really <laughs> excited about next week. Yeah. Well, what is next week? We're going to be watching the Michael Bay classic Armageddon. Armageddon. I know you're thinking bad boys, no. <laughs> but no, no, it's Armageddon. That's <laughs> no, uh, his second classic. It's his second classic. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Well, thanks so much uh, for listening. Uh, once again, uh, give us a follow on social media at Rotten Potato Pod. Uh, rotten potato pod on instagram and twitter uh give us a shout out let us know what you think uh give us any movie recommendations or feedback or if you have any hot takes on these movies oh yeah like let's let's hear your hot takes. i would we would love to review your guys's thoughts on some of these movies if you guys have any interesting opinions yeah zach you want to give us any final words to take us out uh you can no. say no <laughs> <laughs> no i do not <laughs> all right guys we'll see you next week Bye, Tots.